1: Welcome to the DFS Podcast Friday edition for this weekend's NFL games. Hi there, football fans. I'm Paul Bruno, and I invite you to follow me at Statsman22. In a flip of our Wednesday and Thursday scripts, I'm very happy to be joined by the imitable James Seltzer, who hosts Wednesday and Thursday DFS Pods with me as his sidekick. So we've got a bit of a table-turning thing going on today, James. Looking forward to today's episode. You can start following this entertaining and informative gent at James Seltzer, oddly enough. I wonder if I've messed up <laughs> by getting my creative with my handle, Statsman22, with McKechnie and you. You guys use your names in your Twitter IDs. In any case, I welcome you to the BFS Football Football Friday.
0: Paul, I am honored to be here. It is, it is a joy to actually get to, to be your sidekick for once. Uh, uh, it's all my, my honor here. I'm very excited.
1: <laughs> well, it's Friday, and that means we get to put a bow on RotoWire's weekly series of position-based pots, and where we take a look at the kicker options, and then come up with our best recommendations for full lineups, James, as you and I share our top picks at each position. These choices will make up our FanDuel rosters for this week's games, but first, let's take a look at last night's tilt. Who caught your eye in that NFC Central tussle, James, and why?
0: Yeah, well, certainly not any bears, right? Matt Barkley did not catch my eye, Paul. Uh, I think it's those those Green Bay receivers, and, and funny enough, not Jordy Nelson, but... Um, you know, without a running back, and it looks like, obviously, Eddie Lacy's going to be out for a while, and and uh, Don Jackson and Niall Davis do not seem like go-to guys, uh, it seems like the Randall Cobbs and the Ty Montgomery's of the world are, are going to benefit from that, especially in, in leagues like FanDuel, where you get a half point per perception, um, so uh, I think Montgomery and Cobb really... Uh, really stood out to me, and obviously Devontae Adams had a big night as well, but Montgomery and Cobb for their roles are really what stood out to me.
1: Yeah, and in my viewpoint too, I was expecting Rodgers to fill the air with footballs. I didn't think he'd reach a season high though, and I didn't expect a running game to struggle quite so mightily, but those, uh, despite those things, the Packers rolled because the, air, the Bears just stink. And, uh, and Yeah, they're bad. <laughs> well, let's look around the league now with some headlines. Uh, first, you know that I'm a Cowboys fan, and our Friday listeners do too, but uh, some major news came out with Dak Prescott already being anointed as the go-to guy when uh, play resumes for Dallas against your Eagles, I might add. So it'll be a rival. mm-hmm. rivalry week for you and me. Are you uh, surprised by, by the fact they made the announcement so soon?
0: I am a little surprised that they're not going to... Look, I don't know if they still are not going to go back to Romo. I don't know how, that gonna, how that's going to happen, but... Obviously, if they keep winning games, I don't think they can, so I am a little surprised. I think that Jerry Jones loves Tony Roma more than he loves his children, as I've said before, so um, I really thought they'd go back to Roma. I still think there's a possibility of it, but... Um, I think if, it's one of those things where Dak's doing so well, maybe if uh, even if Tony's ready, they might say he's not quite ready or something like that. So.
1: And then there's another quarterback uh, situation that we've got to take a look at. Uh, the New England Patriots must be licking their chops because they get to face Landry Jones, uh, who replaces Ben Roethlisberger in, in the lineup. Of course, we know Big Ben's going to miss a few weeks, but what can we expect from Landry Jones, and how will that spill over into the rest of the offense there?
0: Yeah, not much, Paul. Landry <laughs> Jones is really bad at football. Uh, if you've watched, watched him play, play, he is atrocious. atrocious. Um, so I think it's going to it's gonna have a big effect. I, I've said to you before, I think Antonio Brown and Le'Veon and Bell are somewhat quarterback-proof in a sense. Like I think they're going to get numbers regardless of who's playing quarterback, but I think on the whole, you certainly have to downgrade that Pittsburgh offense. Because again, Landry Jones
1: is awful. That's right. And... Uh, It looks like Todd Gurley's not going to achieve the preseason marks that a lot of fantasy types thought for him. I didn't think it was a good situation uh, heading into the season where where, uh, opposing defenses were going to plan against this guy because he's not got much going for him in terms of teammates at skilled positions. Are you disappointed by Todd Gurley's performance so far? Oh, yeah. I don't know how you
0: couldn't be. I I love Gurley. I think he's, uh, in terms of talent, I think he's probably one of the top two or three talented running backs in the league and, and I, I thought he was going to be a stud at Georgia you know in the pros he's, he's just one of those guys you watch him play and you're like whoa that guy's really really good um so yeah you have to be disappointed but it's a great point that offense is is bad uh, even though Case Keenum has uh, stepped it up of late hasn't looked as atrocious as uh, as he did before but yeah I think it's a, a really disappointing uh, uh season for Gurley and I'm not optimistic about him turning it around.
1: Now, we already talked about A-Rod having a big night last night, but he really has struggled in the first half of the season and figures to do so with uh, all the troubles that Green Bay's having. Uh, He's not the only big-name quarterback that's performed less than expected. Andrew Luck's the other guy, in my view. Which of these two guys has the better second half, in your opinion?
0: I think Luck does, um, but... when you watch Rodgers play, there's just something off with that offense, and and I don't know. I don't think Mike McCarthy's a very good coach. I think that's an issue. I really don't. I think he's a bad coach. Um, So I think that's an issue, and they don't have a very creative offense. They don't do a lot of interesting things is I think they've kind of gotten lazy offensively where they're like oh you know Aaron will take care of it almost and and I think you're seeing it that offense hasn't looked very good and even last night yeah you get the four touchdowns but it wasn't like he dominated that game it was you know the Bears stunk so um I just think luck I think luck needs to be better you know luck um luck is that entire team and I just think more from a volume perspective than anything. I have worries about both. But that, that Indy O-line, look, Luck has to stay healthy because he's getting just pummeled with that O-line. It's so bad. So um, it's more of a, a, a volume thing. I think that Indy's going to be down in a lot of games, and, and Luck is their entire team, so I think they're going to throw
1: a lot. I think that's a great call, and I couldn't agree with you more. But uh, I have a bit of a concern in my season-long Vegas league Uh with rotowire staffers I got to do do something to pick make up for the fact that Eddie Lacey who uh, got hurt is is my number one running back what do I what do I do in terms of looking for replacement for this guy where do I go
0: that's a tough one Paul that's a tough one I mean look I think uh, the Don Jackson Nile Davis thing I think one of those two guys will step up and have some semblance of a role there but I mean, yeah, I think most of the guy, you know, Jaquiz Rogers, I'm sure he's owned already, but, you know, he's got a role now in Tampa. But it's tough, Paul. That's the problem. Running back is really, really thin right now. There are very few guys you can count on. And, and really, even the backups of, of, for those guys are, are not really appealing. You know, there aren't, I don't think we're going to see a ton of Jordan Howards this year, a guy who just kind of comes out of nowhere. And, takes over and, and ends up being valuable
1: well lucky for me i got incredible depth at that position you know you know it's expected we're, we're the a team here so we, we got to have our butts covered in situations like this and i do so i'm confident but uh as i said in the opening though we we are here today to finish off our weekly show cycle james with a look at the best kicker values on the board take me through uh the the guys in the top fi- top range of five thousand plus who do you like and why
0: None of them, Paul. I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a big believer in um, in not spending top dollar for kicker. I just think it's too uh, variable from week to week. You don't see a lot of guys who have, you know, even look, Steven Goskowski, the number one kicker on the board this season, has not been close to that number one kicker that he's been every year for the past few years. Um, so for me, I'm not spending 5000 or above on any of those guys. If I were, like let's say the lineup just shook out and I had 5000 I do like Hopkins the most of those three guys. Uh, all three are good kickers, but Hopkins um, I just think it's the best situation. Best matchup in a dome. Uh, I think it's probably the best situation of the three.
1: Yeah, I like Tucker and Hopkins equally, and it's no surprise. They're priced the same. At $5,000, bucks. they have each averaged 10.7 points per week in FanDuel play. Goskowski trails them, as you implied, with only a 7.8. I think New England's going to run up a big score, and he could be worth the value, but I, I think you got to spend your money a little more wisely. There's guys down the list that should produce just as well. Let's take a look at some, at some of them in, them in the 4600 to 4900 range and tell me which one of those jumps out at you if you could name a couple
0: yeah there are a few uh, at the top that i like uh, first and foremost uh vinatieri against tennessee i should have said that colts are andrew luck and vinatieri because he's been that good this year it's, it's almost like the guy is just doesn't age i think he's like 44 and every time i turn on the tv he's hitting 50 yard field goals so um he's been super consistent they've needed him i think that's a nice play at 4900 uh, if i'm gonna go down um he hasn't been as good this year as last year but mcmanus i'm always interested in a kicker kicking in denver it really is a big advantage obviously with the thin air so uh, and i like that matchup i think denver wins that game so Um, I like McManus for 4,700 there. Uh, And then the only other name in the 4,600 and above that that jumps out to me is Mike Nugent going up against Cleveland. Obviously a great matchup. Uh, Nugent, uh, since he is not been great at getting the ball in the end zone so far this year so I think Nugent should have some opportunities I think they put up points there
1: yeah I love the Nugent call in fact uh, part of my lineup that we're going to get into shortly is predicated on that matchup I think he's going to be a busy guy whether it's PATs or field goals will remain to be seen but I think he easily tops his season average of 8.8 points per game I also like Matt Bryant he's been averaging 10 points a week I think San Diego and Atlanta is going to be a shootout at $4,700 that's good value the guy that I'm leaning on the most, though, is the guy that's going to go into my lineup, James, is Cairo Santos of the, of the uh, Chiefs against that awful New Orleans team that we've We slogged. Uh, we've slammed these guys in our Wednesday and Thursday podcast, and they're, they're, they're going to be a part of a big score again, I think, and Santos should eclipse his, uh, his average of 8.4 points per week so uh, let's get into our lineups but
0: uh, yeah and i held my kicker back too so so you'll see there is one more name on here he's at 4600 as well so oh, you'll find out i, I figured that right. we need a little mystery here very
1: good well first of all we're going to tip our hat to our friends at fanduel and remind fantasy football players that Fantasy football fans, you have all the victory every Sunday with FanDuel. Fan Duel. Fantasy, Fantasy football for everyday fans, there's new contests starting every week, no busted seasons at all. Just pick a contest, choose a team, and watch your score in real time. New this year, there's an upgraded experience where you get even more contest variety. Try beginners' contests for new players only, settle a score with a friend in a head to head contest, try a 50 50 contest where the top half win. Play in, in larger, larger tournaments for even more excitement. Play, play for, for a dollar, though, and you can even choose. There's something for every budget. Now, James, I've talked in this slot about strategies that I tend to use on a weekly basis. You're new to this uh, Friday slot, and I haven't really had a sense for how you draw, draw up your lineups on a weekly basis. I'd love to sh- have you tell us, uh, share that with our listeners, if you would. You're sure. Or... No,
0: no sign, I just pick names. It's out of a hat sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> generally when i set my lineups what i go through is as i try and find those those building block type guys those guys who who i like the most at all positions across the board really generally focusing on running back and wide receiver for the most part and finding those guys who i say all right no matter what happens this person is in my lineup this week and then i build around those guys so i don't know if if a lot of people do it that way but um you know for example, uh, you know, looking down the list this week, I said, okay, 80, A.J. Green at 8,500, he's my favorite play. As I mentioned when we did the wide receiver podcast, um, he's going to be in my lineup every single time around. And then I'm going to build around that and try and fit the other pieces in around those guys that I know for sure are going to be in there.
1: Well, and and I'll tip my hand a little bit. I say, as as my Friday listeners know by now, I'll pay up for a quarterback, but only go to the top of any other position list if there's a glaring mismatch on the board between uh, him and the opposing defense. Otherwise, I hunt for value at lower price points It's fun to compare strategies, James, and uh, I wanna be in the winner's circle once in a while, so I'm gonna pick your brain over the course of the next few weeks as well. I've struggled early on in a couple of these, but uh, I have a good track record. I'm hoping that uh, the average works out at the end of the season. So that's the key for me in life and in fantasy sports, folks. If you aren't having fun, you're doing it all wrong. So I'll remind you at FanDuel, have fun with all that fantasy football has to offer. FanDuel, be sports rich. There's a special offer for new users. Get a free six month RotoWire subscription with a $10 deposit on FanDuel. Go to fanduel.com slash rw. Not only will you get a free subscription, but you'll have that $10 available to play with on FanDuel. That's over $40 in value for just 10 bucks. Go to fanduel.com slash rw. Okay, James, I've been waiting for this for, since I found out you'd be my, my co-host. It's time for us to put our FanDuel lineups together. Who's gonna start a quarterback for you? All right, Paul, this is fun. We never get to do this, so I'm looking forward to it. All right,
0: I'm going to go. Uh, I, I originally looked at quarterback list and I thought about going high priced, um, and then I thought about going low priced, and I ended up somehow somewhere in the middle. Uh, so I'm going to go uh, spend $7,800 on Phil Rivers this week. I love the matchup with Atlanta. They're in a dome, that offense can move, they've showed that they could score. Uh, I think think the the price price for Rivers at 7,800 is is just perfect, perfect, considering he really should be in that 8,000 and above range. So uh, I like the matchup. I like the quarterback. I'm going Rivers.
1: Well, that was my My second pick. pick. My My first one, I've called this guy before on our shows. Uh, That's Andy Dalton of the Bengals for $8,100 versus Cleveland. How can you not like the big redhead against that weak Browns defense? He'll throw the ball a hell of a lot. A a solid bet for a 300-yard game and at least a couple of TD passes, and may even run one in like he did last week. I can't understand why, James, he was the ninth-ranked quarterback on today's board, given the matchup and these stats. Uh, I know he's a bit below his torrid pace of last season, but this tilt against the Browns just screams mismatch to me, and I'm counting on Dalton to come up big.
0: Yeah, I love Dalton this week. Totally agree with you. I mean, the Browns have been the worst team in the league against the best, so like that call as well. All right, Paul, let me jump into my running backs here. Uh, I kind of went both ends of the spectrum here. I went with one high price and one very low price guy. Um, my high price guy, it's actually usually I'm, I'm a big matchups guy, but I'm kind of throwing that to, into the wind this week. And I'm going with someone who has a really bad matchup, but is just way too good for the price. There is no reason that David Johnson should ever be under $9,000. He has been the best running back in football this season, coming off a monster performance against a terrific Jets run defense. He's only $8,500 this week. I know Seattle's good. That is crazy to me. I'm going with David Johnson as one of my two running backs. And then on the low end, I'm flipping it all the way down, and uh, you're not going to find generally uh, people at $5,600 who are going to get 100% of their team's workload at running back. Jaquiz Rogers is going to this week. He's only $5,600. Oh, and by the way, San Francisco, the worst team in the league against the run by a ton. So I think Jaquiz Rogers at 5,600, talking about those building block
1: guys, he's probably my favorite
0: value of the week.
1: Well, I haven't done this all season. I'm going to pick two running backs from the same game, James. Oh. Uh, and it's because I think this is going to be a shootout between the Chargers and the Falcons. I'm going to go with Melvin Gordon. He's one of the guys that insulates me at the running back position. He's been super productive for me on a weekly basis in San Diego's offense. One of the key guys there, maybe the key guy, uh, even including Phil Rivers I'll say this guy's $8,000 on the board this weekend he's clearly the central figure on the Chargers offense as I said providing bonus value as a short passing option in addition to being the busy RB1 in the, their ground game this Atlanta defense has been shredded a few times this year as you and I've talked about when we highlighted the D's in Thursday's pots and uh, the solid Chargers offense should have a field day here I think and Gordon's going to be in the middle of all of it. <laughs> And uh, I'll pair him with Devontae Freeman for $500 less at $7,500. This is a tremendous value, I think, when you look at the Chargers' defense. And I pick Freeman on, uh, on the other side of this game because I'm calling for this one, as I said, to be a big divisional shootout, high-scoring affair where the respective offenses have, I think, a marked edge over their defensive counterparts, like Gordon freeman is not only a productive in the ground game averaging 75 yards on the ground per tilt but he's also busier than most backs in the receiving role and i think this is going to be a great mano a mano duel you're running backs my friend uh, mean, uh, my wide receivers i'm sorry we did yes. the, we did a running backs so let's go with yeah, the wide receivers this time. i can give you him again if you want me. um
0: all right so aj green i already mentioned before is one of my building block guys i've got him in my lineup I, all the reasons you said about andy dalton against cleveland AJ Green, the guy catching the balls. So I I love that play. Uh, And then also, part of the the beauty of going with Rodgers is it allows you to spend up on a couple receivers. Um, So I actually went with Beckham again at 8,600, 100 more than than AJ Green. I'm stacking, not stacking, I'm combining those two high end wide receivers to kind of really strengthen that part of my team. Um, And and Beckham, you know, obviously coming off the monster, monster game. I said it when we did the wide receivers pot on Wednesday. He should be over 9000 as well. He's back. I, I think they're just going to keep feeding him. 8600 is too cheap for him. Uh, LA has not been very good against the past. Uh, and then the last uh, spot here, I, I actually have $200 left over, so I kind of was looking at a few different people in here from the 6800 to $7,000 range. I considered uh, going with Julian Edelman at 6900 I considered Jarvis Landry at 7000 but I decided to go with Jeremy Macklin at 6,300 against that atrocious, atrocious New Orleans pass defense. I think Macklin gets involved and gets going this week.
1: Well, I love the call on A.J. Green. That looks like the only one that we agreed on, and it's kind of nice to have the variety otherwise, but you can't... Oh, yeah, o- it's better. You better. No, no fun if we all say the same thing. You people. can't overlook what uh, what Cincy's profile looks like against Cleveland this week, and A.J. Green's going to be a central figure. One of the best strategies that I find in tournament play is to pair a solid QB wide receiver combo in a favorable matchup. That's what I've done today. The Cincy pair of Dalton and Green should conspire to walk all over the Browns, I think, and I'll be shocked if they don't. As I said earlier, this is going to be a blowout, uh, folks. Green, for his part, is the third-ranked wide receiver on this board and has averaged 15-plus FanDuel points per week this season. He's had two monster games and four other pretty good ones, averaging 10-plus targets every week. So he'll be busy, and he'll be very productive this Sunday, I predict. Mike Mike Wallace Wallace is the second guy guy I go for, a little bit down on the pay scale on the list, list. but I I think think he's tremendous value against against the Jets, Jets, another team whose defense really stinks stinks as well. well. We've talked about them over and over when we highlight the the poorest defenses in the league. James, he started the season with two great games, Fell, faded a little bit in week three, three, but since then he's been steadily improving his productivity and involvement in the Ravens passing attack to the point where he's the most active wide receiver in their passing game over the last couple of weeks for sure. He's averaged 10 targets in each of the past three weeks, in fact, and figures to be in for a big game against the Jets' 28th ranked pass defense. That adds up to a very good upside value at this modest price. I'll go even further down the list in terms of the value plays in the wide receiver to get my third guy, and that's Pierre Garçon, of the, of the Redskins, he faces the Detroit Lions. Uh, I went a little deeper into the value, bin as I suggested, and he's coming off a, a career a season high, 11 targets and 7 grabs last week. This Washington offense is hot. They're on a 4-game win streak, and I say Garcon takes advantage of this same poor defense that got torched by the ordinary Rams offense last week. He, for his part, Garcon has averaged 5 catches over the last 4 weeks, and I like his chances to grab at least that many and be quite productive in this particular matchup. We finish up uh, with our look at the tight ends along the offensive line and the skill positions, James. Who do you like there?
0: I spent down on tight end this week. I I went with Jack Doyle at 4,700. Basically, obviously the way my lineup shook out, it made sense for me to go with a lower-priced tight end, but the reason I like Doyle so much is because it does look like Dwayne Allen is going to be out this week. Uh, Andrew Luck obviously slings the ball around. If Allen is out... Doyle could have a, a very big role there, obviously, and, and the tight end is a big part of that offense already. So for 4,700, considering you could be the only tight end on the field for the Colts, I think that's a, an outstanding play at tight end.
1: That's an interesting comment, too, because there's a whole slew of injuries among the top tight ends. And uh, our listeners would know if they listened to yesterday's pod by now that uh, I looked at Dennis Pitta as a great value play for the Ravens at $5,300 against that poor Jets defense. Uh, I, think I think it's, it's a, great a, great, spa- a great spot for him to put him in because I fell in love with the stats that show Pitta second in the league in receptions and uh, targets uh, among all tight ends in the NFL. So I don't understand why he's so far down the list, other than the fact that he hasn't reached the end zone yet. I guess that dampens his value. But uh, the, the but, uh, Jets rank range, near the bottom of pass uh, defense, I think, I think this, this, uh, this, this may change, and we might see uh, Petter reach Pater, which Peter, makes him even more valuable. Uh, so, so right Brent now, he ranks 16th on the board in, tr- in terms of FanDuel tight ends. He should be way higher. Uh, and I think he, he overcomes his average of 50 yards per game and uh, hits the end zone for a big day for Dennis Pitt at owners at 5,300 bucks. Your defensive team, sir.
0: I'm going with the Buffalo Bills, Paul. That Miami offense stinks. I don't care what they did against Pittsburgh.
1: Go Bills. Well, I'm agreeing with you. Uh, that's the second one. Yes. We'll so All right. Of, we needed one more, right? One of the most aggressive defenses in the league, and among the best in sacks and takeaways, faced a team that turns the ball over a fair bit on the other side. So uh, when, when these forces collide, I think it, it can only spell good things for the Buffalo Bills. They've also had good success in this head-to-head matchup over the last couple of years. So I think that's an easy pick that screams, pick me, pick me for 4,700 bucks, I'm going with the Bills. Now you've kept the kicker a secret from earlier in the episode. I went with Cairo Sanders, Santos of KC at 4,700 bucks. Give me your kicker and his story. Yes.
0: Yes. Well, I mentioned before that Dustin Hopkins was my favorite of the higher-priced guys. Uh, I'm going the other side of that matchup because it's $400 cheaper, but in a dome, Matt Prater, that guy's got as strong a leg as anyone in the league. I think this is going to be a high-scoring game. Only 4600 Matt Prater is my guy.
1: All right. One of the other things that I like to do is uh, challenge John McKechnie to come up with his pick of the day, and I'll come up with my own. I want to hear what you think is the pick of your day on your uh, FanDuel lineup.
0: So oh I, I think, think it's, it's Rogers. 100. Jaquiz 100. Rogers at fifty six hundred. It's it's, it's- it's insane to think that you could get, A, a running back who came off, what, like 35 touches last week, is going to get the full workload for them, and going up against a run defense that's given up 174 yards per game running. Literally, 174 yards per game. The worst run defense in football. I, the, Rogers is so far and away, in my mind, the, the best play on the board uh, this week that um, I don't know how you don't put him in your lineup.
1: I think you just sold me in all of our listeners. <laughs> <laughs> I, I teased this earlier. I'm sticking with it. Andy Dalton and, and AJ Green. These guys are, are going to play pitch and catch and go nuts in, uh, against Cleveland. It's a home game for Cincy. I think that just adds value to the thing. And assuming that they win big, they'll pay, pave the way for me and to put uh, even I might even put my name in, my name as my own player in, in my lineup this week. That's how good I think I can be when they play <laughs> so well on the rest of the board. So my it. own right in candidate, Paul Bruno this week, special teams, let's say that. I love it. I love it. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll write you in too, Paul. You can be in my lineup too. James, it's always last uh, and information when you and I get together. I want to thank you very much for subbing in and allowing me to turn the tables on you with today's episode.
0: It's been my pleasure, Paul. Honestly, any time. I might even, you know, try and convince McKegney to take some more time off just so I can do it more
1: often. <laughs> Sounds like a deal to me, but uh, I have a lot of fun with John, too. It's a, it's a great stable of people that we have doing these pods. I enjoy working with all of them, but James, you and I have great fun on the Wednesday, Thursday, and I encourage everybody to get back and listen to us Uh, Wednesday Wednesday and Thursday Thursday of next next week and in subsequent weeks to get great great value value plays from other positions positions along the board. So so there you have it for James James Seltzer, Seltzer, who you can can follow follow at James James Seltzer. Seltzer. I'm Paul Bruno and invite you to follow me at Statsman22 and we wish you good luck with your FanDuel picks. Come back to listen to our podcast on a daily basis to get an edge on the competition. So long, everybody.